Hey, hey, you are listening to the OCAP Potty Training Podcast, and I am your host, Jamie Glowacki. I am the author of OCAP Potty Training and OCAP, I Have a Toddler. Today, I might go at warp speed because I got a lot of confounding things against me. I got my dog who didn't quite get the walks he needed today because Pascal had things to do. And then I have a construction guy who's coming in and out. So I'm trying to record this super fast so that the noise doesn't bother you guys. All right, I want to jump in because we've had three really important issues that have come up this week. And so I want this to be kind of quick and dirty. I just want to answer these questions as quickly as possible so you guys can have the best information. Number one, holiday fun. What do you do about holiday fun with the newly potty trained? Please bear in mind, this is one of the reasons I try to be very realistic with how long it takes to potty train. I know that there are thousands of three-day methods. I know that there are a lot of people who think, okay, well, it should take a day. If it doesn't take a day, then your kid's not ready. And that's why I try to be so realistic with this milestone and let you know that it takes about seven to 10 days. I always tell you, clear your calendar. I don't mean that you have to stay home and do nothing, but I do mean that if you have busy things on the horizon, it just makes it challenging. I worked with a family over Thanksgiving who had like cleared their calendar, told me they cleared their calendar, and I said, great, so day one, what does that look like? And then day two, they said, oh, no, 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 we have to go to my mother-in-law's to uh, sit on Santa's lap. And I was like, we're on day two of potty training. Now, I'm not saying that to be like judgy, but we're, we have to give kids a chance. And if we're going to go out and do these exciting holiday things on day two, day three, even day six or seven, you're walking around with the newly potty trained. <laughs> They're very volatile little toddlers. <laughs> uh, so I want you to plan ahead. But a lot of times what happens is we jump into potty training, it's going well, or maybe it's not, and you are struggling, or it's taking a little bit longer than you thought. And so you're like, ah, oh, shit, I thought I'd give it, you know, seven to 10 days, but now my kid's still a little wonky. What do I do if I have to go to Santa's lap, see the holiday lights, spend time at other people's houses? In these situations, I always think it's really best to just diaper for the, the event. Put a pull-up on them. It doesn't even have to be a pull-up. It can just be a regular diaper, and you put it on them just for the event. Take it off and just tell them, listen, you might get excited. We might forget about taking you to the potty, or just put it on and don't say anything at all. And sometimes kids just automatically know that they've got like a little backup there in case they need it. 100%, I always think, no matter where you are in the process, I really, really, really don't want you to potty train with big events within a week. I don't want you to do that. But if for whatever reason it's taking longer or you're just backed into a corner, it's okay to diaper for that event. Just don't make it a habit. If you have seven events in seven days and your kid's wearing a diaper seven days out of seven days for many, many hours, you're not really potty training. So feel free to do whatever you need to do. If I got a question about um, the this couple's daughter was going to go with the in-laws to go see lights and they were just nervous. They were nervous about the in-laws maybe not being able to handle it, maybe not being able to prompt or remembering to prompt. In that case, who cares? Wear the, wear the pull-up for a couple of hours, right? But if you're going to something where you think you can keep your eye on your child and things will be okay, absolutely don't wear a diaper. You just kind of have to gauge the situation, where you are, how good your kid is doing. But please know that putting a diaper on a child for 
couple of hours for one event once in a while is not going to kill the process. What will kill the process is too much intensity, too many eyes on the kid, grandparents who are down their throat about going to the potty, accidents in front of a bunch of people. Those things will kill the process. So I just want to relieve you guys of a lot of um, angst about the holiday season. Do whatever you need to do. Remember, this process is not one and done. It's not you cross the finish line, your kid's done, never going to pee their pants ever again. It doesn't work like that. This is more like a journey. And we want the kids to um, to learn and we want life to happen. And I don't want you guys to spend the whole holiday season like not doing anything fun, right? <laughs> so on the flip side, I have done a podcast on my parenting episode, which is we also overload our kids under six with too many activities in the holiday season. So bear that in mind. They don't have to do everything. In fact, it can be too stimulating, too overwhelming in general. I think it's far better to you know, start picking up those activities in the 6 to 12 range where it's so much fun and the kids can handle it so much better. The next one is, is not necessarily a question. It's more that it's a topic that has come up so often right now that it's a little overwhelming for both me and my um, oh crap consultants. And that is the idea that a three-year-old is somehow not capable of handling picking up and uh, pulling up their pants and pushing up their, pushing down their pants, putting on their own clothes, managing a lot of autonomous activities that have to do with like personal hygiene. And parents are like incredulous to find out that their three-year-old might be capable of doing their own pants, pushing, you know, pushing them down and pulling them up. Uh, and they'll often say to us in so many words, no, 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 no. I have to do it. I have to do it. They're not doing it. Here's the thing, guys. If you are constantly doing for your child, they are not going to learn the thing that needs to be done. And this is rampant. I keep mentioning it both on this podcast and my other podcast. There's this new thing that's happening where parents aren't doing what they need to do as parents and expecting the child to just do it. It's like they're, it's not asking permission to parent. It's, it's just expecting the child to blossom into this full functioning human without actually doing the teaching. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of whining, to be honest. There's a lot of, well, he doesn't do the right thing. Guys, it's not up to our two, three, four, five, six, 17-year-old to do the right thing. It's up to us to put the boundaries around that and the bumpers on the bowling alley, so to speak, okay? So if you are not teaching your child how to put their pants on and off, if you are not actively engaged in that and you are expecting your child to just somehow pick up the skill even though you are doing it for them all the time, they're never going to learn. Now, I know there are some instances, especially when we, we're talking about disabilities and mobility, but I know a lot is coming up about neurodivergent kids. And my kid is neurodivergent and can't do this. In very few instances, that is not true. You are still responsible for teaching. And one thing I'm really finding across the board in potty training but also in a lot of other parenting circumstances is parents who say, you know, I did. I taught them to put their socks on yesterday and they're not doing it. Guys, that's not teaching. Teaching is consistency, repetition, doing things over and over and over. And still, sometimes your child will drop the skill. I can tell you my kid's almost 18. Does he drop some skills occasionally? Sure. His executive functioning took a major hit during the teen years, yeah? It didn't mean like, okay, well, no, he can't do it. I'll just do it for him, right? It, that's not how it works. 
Things like cooking, we, you know, if you want your child to be able to make their own breakfast, you have to sit with them at the stove day after day after day when they're four or five. Here's how you turn it on. How do you be safe? What would you do in an emergency? Where's the pan? Where are your hands? Be careful. Watch that. It's constant teaching. It's not a one and done. I learned, you know, I taught him how to scramble eggs on the stove and now he's not doing it. It's not like that, but that's you know, I'm using a, an older milestone, obviously, but the same goes for clothing, for getting them to the potty. So if you're not teaching any self-initiation skills, which I have two podcasts on that, go back and listen to those. If you're not teaching those, your child's not going to learn. They're not going to all of a sudden one day have all these skills. So I just think that's really important and how much we underestimate our kids. It's we're, it's getting worse. We're really underestimating them. We're overprotecting. We're in their business all the time. We're doing for them so often that they're losing a lot of skills. So just know that. Just keep on it and um, look up what's appropriate. You can always look that up, you know, on Google, like what's an appropriate skill for an appropriate age, but also know that you can teach your child just about anything. I mean, we look at other cultures and in Eskimo cultures, there are three-year-olds who have whaling knives and they very sharp whaling knives and are cutting the fat off of whales. So we know it can be done as long as you're, you know, teaching them safely and teaching them consistently. And then the last thing that's been coming up a lot, again, it's not necessarily a question, more like an issue. And it has to do with the last one, which is If your child is struggling with potty training, please don't go looking for huge issues. What's that? There's a medical saying, like if it if it sounds like a horse, don't look for a zebra. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but because your child is struggling does not mean they have ADHD. It doesn't mean they're neurodivergent. It doesn't mean that they have sensory issues. They may, but they may also just be struggling with potty training. And very often as I've said repeatedly on this podcast, very often what happens is that um, parents kind of are, we want our kids to be kind of perfectly average, but sometimes I feel like parents are looking for things too carefully. Like if there's any kind of problem, like, oh, it's an issue. Oh, it's an issue. Or, oh, it's a diagnosis. And again, it may be, but it also may just be that your child is struggling in that area and that they just need a little more help. One thing we're seeing consistently right now is withholding. Kids are withholding pee and poop a lot. And it has come out of the woodwork maybe in like the last six months where it's really dramatic. That that isn't an uptick of neurodivergence. That's an uptick of something else. And we're 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 all trying to figure it out. But you can't go to the fact that, like, oh my kid's got an issue. But on that note, even if your kid is neurodivergent, has ADHD, has sensory issues, except in extreme cases, I have never seen a child who is incapable of potty training before the age of four. I just haven't seen it unless there's mobility issues or profound issues, profound cognitive issues. Almost every kid I have worked with is fully capable of being potty trained before the age of four. Now, granted, there could be, you know, there could be some things like, let's say a kid has a speech problem and you're so focused on speech that you just almost forget about potty training. But what I'm trying to bring to light is that if you work on potty training, it doesn't matter what the diagnosis is, the child can be potty trained before the age of four. 
The reason I don't typically work with children over the age of four is because the only reason I see this problem with most families is that parents are in freeze. They have taken in far too much information. They have convinced themselves that this is not possible. And the other reason is the parents don't have the appropriate boundaries. The child is kind of maybe running the show or the potential issues might be running the show or the parents doing that thing I talked about earlier, which is waiting for the child to like do it on their own. And so the parents are having the child lead the entire horse and cart and the parents are following behind kind of literally and phys- um, uh, metaphorically, like waiting for the child to make all the moves when that's not going to happen, you guys. That's not going to happen. And you can go back and listen to my podcast on child-led. Having a child now who's almost 18, I can tell you, you have to take the reins 90% of the time. Yes, we go on our children's interests. We don't want to make a child play guitar when they really want to play drums. That's stupid, right? We go with their interests, but we don't let the child lead their own development. It doesn't work like that. We often have to kind of guide things and show them which way to go. So Again, the only problem I usually see over four, diagnosis or not, medical issues or not, cognitive developmental delays or not, unless they are profound, it is usually because of us, the parents. And that we can, we can work through, but what I can't work through, and this is why I don't work with kids over four, is parents can't own their responsibility. They say it's all the child, they blame the child, they put it all on the child, and that's not fair. Okay. Sorry. I feel like I went on a little rant there. (laughs) I guess I have a podcast. I can do that, right? Um, Thank you for listening. As always, this will probably be the last potty training podcast until after Christmas. So I hope you have a great Christmas if you celebrate or a great solstice or whatever it is you do this December. I I do all the the fun things, gathering with family and having lots of coffee. (laughs) All right, you guys, as always, rock on. 